When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Moving from primary to high school is a big step for any child. Suddenly, they go from being the biggest kids in a little school to being the smallest kids in what can feel like an overwhelmingly enormous new place. But there are steps we can take as parents to help make the transition as smooth and easy as possible. Today, I'm talking to Rebecca Bakewell, head teacher at City Academy near Birmingham City Centre. She has loads of practical suggestions on what families can do to prepare. Welcome back to Brummy Mummies. My name is Zoe Chamberlain. I'm a journalist, author and mum. My goal is to share with you stories from the most inspiring mums and dads to help you find out how they juggle family life and everything that comes with it. Before we dive into this week's episode, make sure to follow and subscribe on your podcast streaming app. That way you'll never miss an episode. Okay, let's get on with today's episode and find out how we as parents can inspire confidence in our kids for that all-important first day and for all the weeks and months to come. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, Zoe. No problem. Lovely to see you. So we're talking all about transitioning to high school and that can be such a big step for children. What are the things that are likely to be going through their heads throughout the holidays leading up to that transition? So I think the big thing about this is going to be nerves. I think they're going to be nervous about the unknown. Um, Obviously, a lot of that will have been put to one side on transition days if they attended their secondary schools. But for some children, that probably wasn't enough. And so I know that lots of schools across the city and across the country have been um, providing summer schools. And if there's still an opportunity for children to get to those summer schools, please do, because that will take away some of those nerves it will mean that children um, will go through things like the journey to school they'll get used to the building where the toilets are and they may well also make some friends Um, but the big things that children may well be concerned about will be um, how they're going to get to school probably how they're going to put on their new uniform um, what they need to take with them because it'll probably feel like an awful lot but it'll probably reduce a lot during the first couple of days Um, whether their friends are going to turn up on the first day and who that who they're going to see that they're going to know. Remember, they've been in a school maybe for the last four years, some of them for the last seven years, where they've seen the same faces day in, day out. Um, and this is a big change for them. Um, all they need to know is that 
the staff that they're going to see are going to be just like their old staff that they've just come away from. They're going to care about them. They're going to want the best for them. They're also going to be very firm and fair with them. Um, the rules are the rules and they're going to expect them to be followed. And as long as they do that, that'll be absolutely fine. Um, and also that mom, dad or whoever is looking after them at home is confident and happy about the school that they've chosen and they're secure that their children are going to be confident and happy because how we feel as parents is always as much as we wouldn't like it to we do portray it down to our children um and so as long as we can feel secure and and as confident as we can about that transition our children will feel just as secure i definitely agree with that they really do pick up on our vibes don't they so even if um as a parent you're not you haven't perhaps got your first choice school do you think that you should still try to be really positive about it just to make that a nice transition um i think regardless now the school that we've your children have got for three and a half weeks time maybe two three and three weeks time um will be their school for the next five years and the the relationship that parents are going to build with that school now whether it was their first choice or not are going to be the most important relationships that they can have from now until they leave in their GCSE years it's really really important that whether it was your your, your first choice or not you put aside those um those other dreams that you had for another school and you focus in on the opportunities that the school can offer, um, the positivity, the relationship building with form tutors and heads of year and and any other members of staff that there are at that school to make sure that your child's journey is as positive as it can possibly be. And I guess for children, they've gone from being kind of top of the tree at the primary school, they're the big kids, to now being the little ones again. That's quite a strange feeling, isn't it? I think it'll be massive for them um, because, yeah, they've been year six and, you know, as a year six, you've got an awful lot of responsibility. You might be a prefect, um, you might do tours around school. When parents come in, you'll probably be a spokesperson, uh, you'll lead the school council and all of a sudden they're going to have year 11 students in most schools going, oh, aren't they cute? Um, and, and showing <laughs> yes. them around. And so, that resp- that re- <laughs> and so that responsibility that they felt for the last year and that build up to that level of responsibility responsibility um will feel quite quite hard for them to to find their place back in the school and and where they fit into the school um I think the biggest reassurance is that most schools nowadays have things like um, year prefects, they have year leaders, they have student councils or um, student leadership teams. And year seven, all year groups are normally involved in that. There is um, democracy in school where the students are choose who their representatives are. They all have representatives from across all year groups. And so please do reassure any fa- any children that are thinking, I'm going to secondary school and I was the head boy or the head girl or whatever the role was in their school that was a lead- leadership role, that there are still those roles as they step into secondary school. They just need to be confident enough to put themselves forward for those roles. So are there some practical steps that we can take as a family to perhaps get ready, maybe uniform and stationery, that kind of thing? So I think there's a few things that I would recommend. The first thing is the journey to school. Uh, Most primary schools are just around the corner or just up the road for most families. Um, Most secondary schools require a a longer journey. And it might mean that your children are getting on a bus on their own, probably for one of the first times. So running through that journey, um, you know, getting on a bus, paying or putting a card on on a checkpoint, um, where they're comfortable sitting, 
making sure they know where they need to get off and what that journey will be, um, timing that journey as well, but also making sure that when children come back to school, the rows will will fill up a little bit more than they are at the moment. And so there needs to be that buffer because no child wants to be late on their first day. So just making sure that they know their journey, they're confident in the practicalities of their journey, um, and then to give them that 20-minute buffer at the beginning of the day to make sure, to allow for any traffic. That's the first thing. The second thing, um, many children will be tying ties in secondary school and they didn't do that in primary school. So just trying on the uniform, making sure they can do up top buttons, tie laces, um, tie a tie, loads of YouTube videos out there if we can't remember from your school days, um, just to say. And and if if all else fails, send them to school with a tie that's not done and any teacher there will do their tie for them. It's, it will not be a problem. Um, and they'll get, they'll get taught how to do that very quickly. Um, and then in terms of stationery, the one thing I would say to families about stationery is, um, I remember as a child and my children as well, the stationery shop's a really, really exciting shop. However, it can also be very, very expensive. It doesn't need to be. Please do look at what your school requires. Normally, it's a black or a blue pen, a red or a green pen, and obviously with some spares, some coloured pe- some coloured pencils, a pencil, a ruler, and um, an eraser, and they should be fine. Remembering that schools have got all of these resources, so if you're not able to get those, schools will be able to provide those for you in most instances. Just speak to heads of year or um, form tutors. They'll be able to help out. And are there any basic skills that we should be teaching us, our children now or making sure that they've got in place? I remember when my son started secondary school, he was quite overwhelmed by just how organised he had to be and that, you know, he had to know where he had to be at certain times and what equipment he needed, whereas you're kind of, uh, your hands are held for you at primary school, aren't they? Whereas you're just expected to be in charge and, and know where you are during the day on your timetable. So I think the best thing that parents can do to prepare students at the moment is start to build in that organisation. So asking children to set out their clothes the night before. I know it's the summer holidays, but they're still going to need a short pair of T-shirts, socks and pants. So asking them to set them out the night before so that that's what they get used to doing for their school uniform. Asking them to check where their shoes are because the amount of times I get told that I couldn't find my shoes this morning is crazy. Yeah, we've been there. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't find my shoes. What do you mean you couldn't find your shoes? Um, so set them out. Uh, make sure their bags packed with the things that they've got. If they if they're going on a special trip with you during the holidays, making sure that they have a responsibility to get that stuff together. Um, yes, they are going to have to read a timetable, and yes, they are going to have to be in the right place at the right time. But there are so many mechanisms in school to support that. Um, most schools, year sevens, will move as a group, so as a class for the fir- at least the first couple of weeks, if not the first half term. So while they're moving as a class, that's 30 of them to get to the right place. There are people all around school, be it teachers, be it support staff, be it older children, to be able to direct them. So the other thing I think I would advise if you haven't already is getting them used to speaking to adults that they don't know. And I don't mean obviously encourage them to speak to strangers, but, you know, with your guidance, with your oversight, you know, going up to people and saying, I'm not sure where I am. Can I get to or can you show me where? If Especially if you're out, let's say you go to the zoo. Can you ask, ask where the toilets are, for example, just so they're used to approaching people and asking people in a calm and polite way where they need to be. That's really good advice because it's all about fostering that independence in your children, isn't it? 
and letting go a little bit because it's really hard. I've got I've got young uh, young children myself, and to 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 tell them their whole life not to speak to strangers, and then all of a sudden put them in a in a in a building full of probably eighty adults and maybe a thousand children in, or more in some instances, um, and all of them being strangers and expecting our children to be confident. You know, we need to build that as we can over the next few weeks. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you think that's partly a mindset change for parents as well? I mean, do we need to learn how to let go a little at this stage? What would be your advice on that? Um, Massively, I would say it's a thing that parents need to learn. And sitting here as a parent, um, it's something that I need to learn. It's a really, really hard thing to do. I mean, our, our biggest job in our lives is to keep our children safe, isn't it? That's, you know, once you become a parent, your biggest job is to keep your children safe and make sure that they know what's right and they know what's wrong. But the big thing is safety, that they're always safe. Um, I think that's why it's important as we sit here now to get them ready for that level of independence. I mean, it'll make us, it'll make you as parents feel easier as we say goodbye to them on day one, um, that they are confident to speak to the right people, that we've trained them, that, you know, if there's a problem on the bush, you speak to the bus driver. If there's a problem at school, you speak to the teachers. If there's a problem on the way to school, um, you tell somebody as soon as you possibly can. We just need to prepare them for the fact that things might become uncomfortable at some point, but these are the things you use or these are the mechanisms that you use to make sure that everything is okay and the adults are there to support you even if you don't always know them. So how do you think a child's likely to be feeling the day before starting? Um, I guess there's a mixture of feelings with excitement and trepidation. What can we do as parents to help on that, that just that day before I think um, whichever way they're feeling the night before, whether it's excitement, whether it's nervous excitement, whether it is a bit of um, trepidation about the day ahead, um, they need a good. They need a really good night's sleep. Um, is what they need because we know that children that have slept well are completely different to children that haven't slept well. You know, they are they can accept and they can tolerate and they can experience a lot more if they've had a really good night's sleep. So whatever it is to get your children to have a really good night's sleep, whether it's a hot, hot bit of milk or a story before bed or a busy, busy day the night the day before, uh, whatever it is, make sure that they get into bed for a really good time and they get a really sound amount of time sleep. Um, apart from that, I would say if I was thinking about my children and making sure sure that they they were ready um mostly my children would want to have everything together and ready and organized they'd want to see that their uniform was laid out they'd want to see that their bag had got their pencil case in had got their water bottle in um everything that had got their their work that the school had set them for the holiday in they'd want all of that so i think that at that point they'd be ready to sleep so i would have a really energetic day um the day before school i would make sure we calm the day down you know bath time milk bedtime story everything packed up and ready to go and then off to bed um and just lots and lots of opportunities running up to that day for them to make sure they're confident asking questions of you you know if they if ever they have something that flashes over their mind make sure they can ask it um so that when it gets to that night before when all of these you know emotions or hormones are running running riot around their body then maybe they're able to calm them down because they've already asked the question Yes. And I guess try to label everything before as well, because you still need to label things for secondary school as well as primary school, don't you? Massively so. I mean, the amount of lost property we have, and it doesn't matter how many times we lay it out um, and say, come and collect it. And it's in these places. I would say 
10% of all lost property is actually reclaimed, which is ridiculous. Do you think how expensive it is to buy in the first place? Black coats are probably the worst. Um, kids, kids don't understand that their parents have paid 30, 40 and more for a, a nice black coat. It's supposed to keep them warm and they just leave them wherever. Um, and obviously they do a... Um, <laughs> I'm going to call it a child look when they go and try and find it and they just expect that there's one going to appear on the coat hook at home again, I think, to replace it. Um, so, yeah, lost property, please do label stuff up because if it is um, labelled, it'll come back. If it's not, you're relying on your child to go and look for it, which, you know, some of us may have some really, really good children that will diligently look for that. Others of us, and I would put myself in this category, not so much. Yes. Yeah. And I guess you were saying about getting a good night's sleep the night before. That's probably something worth building up to, isn't it? I know with my kids over the summer holidays, they always stay up later and they they lie in later. You kind of get out of a routine in the holidays, don't you? And I guess if you leave that to the last minute, it can be a bit of a shock to the system. Yeah. And do you know what? There's nothing worse than an almost teenager being pulled out of bed two hours before they were ready to be pulled out of bed. So, um, so yeah, building that up over the last couple of weeks of the holiday, you know, pulling back the the times that they start. And if you speak to any teachers, they, they'll be doing exactly the same at this point. They'll be pulling <laughs> their bedtimes earlier and getting their wake up times earlier just to make sure that everyone's getting back into that routine and just explaining it to young to our young people that, this is a skill that we're going to need for life. Yes, you'll go on holiday and yes, your routines and patterns will change, but they will always need to come back to um, to the routine and pattern of work, of school, um, so we're ready and we can function throughout the day. So what about the first couple of weeks? What about if your child is coming home feeling very overwhelmed, perhaps not settling in quite as nicely as you'd hope they might be? Most schools would say the first point of call, well, most schools will have told you the, the first point of call if you have any concerns. And my advice to any parent out there who has any question about their child, whether it be a lost coat or whether it be uh, thoughts, feelings, or whether it's about work, is always get in touch with that first point of call. Whether it's a form tutor, whether it's a contact number, just get in contact with them. And again, most schools nowadays have got a phone, phone and an email address. If you do either of those, whichever one you're most comfortable with, just get in touch. We have got, like I say, a relationship that's going to build over the next five years, at least, some schools seven. Um, and that homeschool partnership is what is going to ensure that your child is as successful as they possibly can be at secondary school. So whatever it is, however it feels, please do get in touch with the school and let them know. Always, my advice would always be if something changes at home, if something happens at home, even if it's, um, you know, a T-shirt was lost over the weekend, but it's a favourite T-shirt and it's going to, it's you know, it's really going to play on your child's mind. Let school know, however little it feels, let school know so that we can always know. Do you know what? Um, child A is really off today. It doesn't see themselves, but mum called in and let us know that actually that had happened over the weekend. And so we know about it. Um, in terms of your child's progress, in child, terms of anything your child is doing that's fantastic outside of school, you know, they may have won um, a swimming competition at the weekend or wh whatever they've done or a reading competition, whatever they've done, always let us know. Um, the one thing I would ask parents to be mindful of, though, is please don't um, phone up the school and say, I want to speak to Miss or Mr. Such and Such 
and not give us a reason why. Okay. If you do call, if you do email, just let's say I want to speak to Mr. Such and Such. I'm the mom of, or the dad of, or the guardian of your child. Um, and then say, and I would like to speak about um, their reading, their progress in history, their um, something that's going on at home. Just give us a flavour because the worst thing as a teacher is when you've got a call or several calls to make at the end of the day to follow up on things, but to not know what you're going, what the conversation is about or how long you need to leave for a conversation. Some conversations can be a lot quicker than others. Um, and if we've got five or six of them to make at the end of the day, we we would prioritise some if it was, you know, a serious issue as opposed to to others that maybe not so serious, but we, we need to get round to. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I remember getting calls from school the same as well, say, and they'd always start with, don't worry, everything's fine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, that's the first thing you jump to. Yes. So do you think the first couple of weeks at high school really set the tone for the rest of your school years there, for the rest, for the following five years? It's an interesting one because I would love to say to our young people, yes, they do. What you do in these first few weeks will will set the tone for everything you do forever. Um, however, we can all have off days and off periods. And I would not like to say to any young person that if it goes wrong now, you're never going to get it right again, because that's not that's not the world that we live in. That's not that's not reality. So ideally, yes, children will set their routines and families will set their routines. They will set their organisation and it will all go swimmingly off and, and there'll be a, a, an incremental check, uh, improvement all the way up to the end of Yes, year 11. Realistically, there are going to be some blips in there somewhere. There's going to be things that are going to change the way in which children act or the ch children think or the way in which they approach their work. Um, now, that might come for some children in year eight. It might come for some children in the first couple of weeks of year seven. So I wouldn't say to any child, if you get it wrong now, it's never going to be right, because I just don't think that's the right tone to set for them. Um, it's almost like an impending fear of doom isn't it that that you know if I get it wrong it's never going to be right again um obviously um my biggest things that I say to our children at school is you, you you listen and you do as long as it's safe um and you uh so which means you follow all instructions as long as it's safe um and you try your best if you try your best at every possible moment whatever your best might be in that moment that's all we can ever ask of you um Families will be doing that at home anyway. Listen and do, follow instructions, whatever terminology you would put around that. And then, um, yeah, try your best. Always, ex always exceed or always try for your best. Yes. So how can we as parents inspire that confidence and self-belief that you've been talking about? Is it us, us actually being good role models ourselves or perhaps putting them in touch with fellow family members who are aspirational role models for them? I think there's a combination, isn't there? I think in every family, in every home, there's going to be different people have different skill sets that are going to be really good in this. So it, it, they say it takes a village, don't they? It takes a village to bring up a child. So as many people as you can call on to support the development of your child is always, I think, the, the best that you possibly could. Um, so, you know, mum will do some things, dad will do other things, but the overwhelming positivity that we show and the um, 
the encouragement that we give to our children, I think, is the, the most defining matter of how successful they are. As long as we can positively encourage um, our, should, our children to continue to get better all of the time and keep working towards that element of being the best that they can be on any given day, um, I think the best we can. But yeah, it takes a village. So whoever's best in your family to speak to them about confidence or, you know, about the jobs that they want to be in the future, because we're still going to have year six students right now moving into year seven, obviously, that, you know, want to be astronauts. And why can't they be astronauts? Let's keep encouraging them to be whatever they want to be. The, the You know, there is no ceiling right now. So they haven't set a ceiling right now. Their world is is open to them. That's been really helpful. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Were there any other tips or suggestions that you wanted to add? Um, I think most head teachers and teachers out there would kick me if I didn't mention reading, reading and reading today. Um, so if your child hasn't picked up a book since um, since July the 22nd or, or even before that, please get them to a library or please get them into a bookstore or even um, in supermarkets where they have those swap shops um, very kind of cost effective. I know I've picked up a oh, diary of a wimpy kid or something this summer from um from a Sainsbury's. So please do get along and get encourage your children to find something that they will read. If you can get if they're not already, please make sure they become a member of the library, um, your local library or your your town library, so that they get used to and enjoy the process of getting a book selecting a book reading a book and seeing what happens because of that um reading is great for lots of different things it's great because it builds an imagination it it tells us about or it shows us and demonstrates us the techniques that writers use to engage us it teaches children how to write in that way if they could they could they they study a particular author or a genre. Um, but it, but more importantly than any of that is it builds the vocabulary. Um, there's many, many times that I've sent year 11 students into exams and there is non-subject specific words that come up in exams that can only have come up at home. They can only have come up either in discussion at home or in reading wi more widely. And I would say a good example of that um, that I will always remember would be uh, my year 11 students coming out of an exam 10 years ago, probably now, and saying, Miss, what does spectator mean? And it seems so silly, doesn't it, to adults that have been in an environment where, you know, they've they've been a spectator or they've used the word spectator, but a group of 16-year-olds came out of an exam 10 years ago and they didn't know what the word spectator was because they hadn't heard it in any context. Um, and that's mm -hmm. one of the things that reading can give us. It can give us that contextual knowledge of the language that might come up at any point in the future. So read, read and read again please if you can yeah i think that's really valuable advice well thank you so much for joining us um, it's been a pleasure to talk to you today thank you very much Zoe. lovely to speak to you too take care some great suggestions there from rebecca that will hopefully make the transition a smooth one this podcast is a laudable production brought to you by brummy mummies and birmingham live if you enjoyed this episode why not subscribe to the brummy mummies podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app to make sure you never miss an episode. Be sure to follow us on social media for lots more family information. And you can also sign up for our free newsletter via the Birmingham Live website. See you next time. <laughs>